I'm Jim Juno, and this is the Juno Files, where we talk about movies, television, and everything in between. And you can find the Juno Files now on Google and Apple Podcasts, along with the iHeartRadio app. Now, if you're a fan of classic TV, the name of Janine Riley should be familiar to you. She starred for two seasons as Billy Joe Bradley on Petticoat Junction, as Jolene in the movie Electra Glide in Blue, and she appeared in dozens of television shows, guest starred on dozens of television shows during her 30-year career. And she has a new book out now called The Bolder Woman, It's About Time. But it's not about living longer, it's about living better. And she joins me now from her home in Palm Springs. Welcome, Janine. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here. How now, are you? Not sure I'm already here. <laughs> great to be with you in Virginia. I tell you what, this, yes, we are, we're recorded and produced in Richmond, and I appreciate you giving the shout-out. Um, now, The Bolder Woman. Now, I've read the book, and this is not about – this is about uh, – well, the book is half your life story, but then the other half is basically how you should not let age dictate your, li- dictate your life. That's true, Jim. That's exactly true. Yeah, it's a, it's a amazing how this came through, and I was able to write it, not being a writer, and this being my first book. So it just came out, and what it's about, since I'm in the snap-dab middle of it all, um, the bolder woman uh, is a woman who is ageless. The bolder woman, remember, is ageless. The bolder woman is the one who tells society when she's retiring and when she doesn't buy into the limited uh, number 65 that she's done. I mean, that's hogwash. 65, I was just learning stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how old you are, Jim, but 65 nowadays is what, the new 40s? You know. Well, and, I, see. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm hoping so because I'm only 60 right now. Are so, you really? Oh, my yeah. God. That's great. Okay. Well, you're on your way. But now this is about women. I, I, I love men, but I, you know, this is my uh, subject here. But the thing is, um, the women that are in 60 and over, they, they think they're done. I mean, it's like they've, they've stopped. And I want to re- revive them. I want them to know that they're not finished by a long shot. I mean, they still have uh, their wisdom, their knowledge. It still matters, their life lessons. And they just shouldn't throw in the towel because they've been programmed by our society that they're supposed to stop doing what they love to do because they're 65. Geez, that's just such a young age now. It just doesn't. I just turned 80, and I feel better now than I ever did at 65 because of the way we live now, the new ways that we have all the different subjects that we can get into on the Internet, the programs, the meditation, all the things they offer us in diet and everything. There's no excuse. I mean, we're still active, and we still want to belong. So I've written this book mainly for the women who have started to sit on that proverbial couch and go over their memories from, you know, long ago, over and over and over. And I just said, you know, how long are they going to do that? they got to get off the couch. they got to go out that front door, and they got to start living their life. Now, when you were when you were acting, uh, yeah. you didn't see women over a certain age on TV. Well, if you did, you sure didn't know their age. Let's put it that way. Right. You, know, <laughs> you hid your age. And now I want to shout. I want every woman to be able to shout her age. I am so thrilled that I made it to 80, but that's another story. Anyway, no, I, I did work. Well, B. Benadera, I worked with Cloris Leachman. I, right. I did a 
interview with Betty White. I, they're, they're all women that were older, but it, they're now still doing their thing. And in those days, the woman never told her age. She hid her age. She lied about it. What a sad thing to do. I know it, and that's and that's one of the things that I, I really love that's changed in this world is that you don't have to put a limit on your career or your life or your goals that you want to make. And this is basically what your book is saying is that you don't have to limit yourself because of your age. Right. And age is just a number. You're going to let a number run your life? Come on. You're not going to do that. You know too much now. We've been exposed to too much. Uh, to to be a woman now and be an older woman is a gift. Geez, Jim, every year is a gift. I mean, if I make it to 81, I'm going to celebrate. I'm not going to hide. I mean, every year it's magic. And, you know, I I in my book, I quote this woman. Her name is uh, Lillian Postman. And she says, after last 10 years of her life, she said she had the most fulfilling life she's ever had. And Lillian just turned 108. Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then I got Kitty, the lady that just parachuted out of an airplane, right. set a new record. You know about her 10,000 feet. Of course, she beat her competition, who was only 101, but she was 103. And they said, Kitty, how do you feel at 103? She says, Oh, I don't think about my age. She says, I'm thinking about what I'm doing next. I said, well, what are you doing next? Well, I'm going to go see the biggest alligator in the Amazon. So, Fantastic. You know, so that she's not being run by a number. And a number is great uh, for telling us the time, how many days in a year. But it's not good for how we live our lives. We've got to set it aside. It's, it's redundant. It's, it's, it's passe. And, and what we have to think about is what have we learned? What are we doing today that's new? How am I facing complacency and telling it to get lost what what's exciting we have to live our life now and that's what it's about time don't sit on the couch we've done that been there it doesn't work you know my grandmother on my maternal side ruth lived to be over a hundred and i remember growing up she lived with us for a while and i'd say grandma grandma why are you sitting in that rocking chair what are you thinking about you sit there for so long and she said Oh, I'm thinking about all my memories, all my beautiful memories. I go over them and over them. I said, Grandma, let's go make some new memories. And she says, oh, no, no, no. I'm too old. I'm done. I can't do that. And that was the conditioning. We were programmed. My mother was programmed. My grandmother was programmed. And we've got to stop it right now. And I hope my book starts that because everybody's got a platform out there except the older woman. There isn't anything. You think about all the women, I mean, in India, the pink sarong, the, the uh, saris they're wearing and what they're doing there and in China. All these women all over the world are speaking up, asking for their rights. But the older woman is lost. She's not She's not in the crowd, but she's there, and she knows an awful lot. You know, in, in uh, the Eastern philosophy, the older the woman is, the grandma, the wiser she is, the more she's respected and revered. In the American Indian. When they see the older woman in the tribe, the grandma, she has her own teepee. And the children go and talk to grandma and ask her about life. And the married couple, they ask her about life. She's a part of society. She's asked all the things about the politics, the the weather, whatever. She's revered. And sometimes in our homes, I remember, you know, grandma would be in the back room and we'd say, okay, grandma, it's time for dinner. And she'd come out and sit and she wouldn't say much. Right. I, I, I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think grandma 
made a point that she wanted to live to be 100, she accomplished that. My grandma lived to be over 100, but the last few years of her life were in a, a rest home, and they bathed her, they washed her, they fed her. I, I said, Grandma, okay, you made it to 100. And I'm thinking, I don't think that's the game I want to go down. I just, I, I don't think that's the way I want to go. I'd rather live five years of excitement and have 20 years to reach 100. I don't care about that. I want to live today. Exactly. I mean, that's the way, it's the only way to live is it is right. for today. Now, in your book, um, you also give exercises. I mean, you, you say at the very beginning to close your eyes. Concentrate yes. on your breathing. Yes. And tell me, now, tell me, I read the book. I know what happens next. But for those of you who haven't gotten the book yet, that's the, only the first step. Right. Well, that's the start of the, uh, the inner stage. And this is a, a path. I take the women down once they recognize and, and revive the old dreams that they've hidden, that they've had for many years. I could talk to a CEO or a, a housemaid or a woman who's raised 10 children, and they all have a hidden dream somewhere from their past that never got on the A-list. They were always caregivers, taking care of other people, but they all had this dream. And I'm thinking, wow, what if I could get women to reactivate that dream, that hidden dream, and take them down a path that would revive it and where they could relive it? And so that's what we do. I have them quiet themselves in a chair, and they take a deep breath, and they close their eyes, and they start to release the thoughts that are in their mind, the busy thoughts, where's the dog, did we feed this, you know, is grandma coming? All those things kind of slowly fade away, and we have a nice empty mind that we bring forth the dreams that we have, and we reactivate them very slowly. And then we take them through the five senses, and the five senses are sight, sound, touch, smell, and taste, and they activate the dream itself, and it comes to life, and they can walk in their dreams, and we show them how to do this. It's exciting. It's just beautiful, and I've had a lot of uh, wonderful results from uh, all walks of life, especially writers and actors. They love it. Now, dreams are not the same as goals. I remember that in your book. There are there are things. Things that are dreams and things that are goals, and they're different from each other. I didn't realize that, but it makes a lot of sense. Well, see, goals will take you to your dream. Your dream is in your imagination. It's in your creativity. Your goals are out in the world. You have to go here. You have to do this. You have to be there. That's all a structure. The goals are the structure that take you to your dream. Now, when you accomplish goals like I had to do in my career, my dream was to be in the movie. But I had to go through those goals. I had to show up on time. I had to go to class. I had to learn my lines. I had to keep learning. And then the dream happened. So the dream is within. It's within your heart. It's in your imagination. And it's separate from goals. But the goals are the steps you need to get to your dream. One is you, on the inside and one's on the outside. <laughs> that's right. The goals, the goals are external and dreams are internal. That's right. That's correct. <laughs> now, now, excuse me, uh, the uh, three R's of grammar school, you have a new version of the three R's, though. Revisit, renew, and, re and relive. Right, exactly. Well, you revisit your old dreams. You find the one that you like the best, and sometimes it's just that one. Then you renew it. You remember the feelings that it gave you, how good it made you feel, what made you decide on that dream. What was that? And you reactivate those feelings, and then in the third step, we show you how to relive it. And you have to get the book to do that because that's a process 
that we take them through the five senses and how we do it is is uh, very uh, unique and very special. And uh, I won't go into it right now, but if you get right. the book, you will have a dream come true. And what do you do when you have a dream come true? Well, the first thing you do is you share it. And if all the women who have been sitting on the couch reliving their old memories can bring their dream to life, what would the world look like? What would our country look like with all these women and their dreams? Nobody saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. Wow, I think we would never have war again. I mean, just think of the wisdom and the knowledge and, you know, the life lessons that we've got. And, and we've had to sit on the couch at 65. Now, I know there's exceptions to the rule. I know that. I was an exception to the rule. I had a career. But I still got to an age where it wasn't so easy. So I'm trying to activate all the women who think they're too old to go out there and start something new. You're never too old. Don't let a number rule your life. You decide. Now, also, you mentioned that thinking that you're too old is one of the dream stoppers that you mentioned in your book. But there, yeah. is a, there is a whole variety of other ones, thinking that you're too ill or that you don't deserve them or you're not knowing how to start. But these are just, these are just temporary obstacles, aren't they? Well, yeah, they're states of mind. We have them. We all have them. You know, the first thing Grandma said when she says, oh, no, no, I'm too old. I'm done. You know, we bought that one long ago. Uh, we buy, uh, there's so many dream stoppers. Some of your friends, you're afraid your friends are going to make fun of you. I mean, you, you're too old, you're too uh, sick, uh, you're not rich enough. I mean, you can just name a hundred of them, and, and it's all hogwash. It, it's just your mind playing tricks on you. You know, you don't have to buy that. A dream is something beautiful and solid and special, and it's inside you, and you have to bring it to life. And you, everybody has that ability. They just have to look for it. And I show them how to get there. Because a dream can give you new life. It can give you a future. It can give you how to touch other people's lives, you know. And um, I, I, I'm just so happy that I that I was given this to do. <laughs> I was going to ask you, how, how hard was it writing this book for you? Oh, God. Don't ask. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the reason I say that is, you know, I'm married to a very successful uh, television writer, and I, my brother's written four books, and my father wrote a column in the newspaper, the local newspaper. I was surrounded by writers, but I, I never wrote a word. I was always learning scripts. I could learn a big script in, you know, one night. I was very good at that, I'm learning someone else's words. But this incredible epiphany that I had that I explained in my book came over me after I bought the Kool-Aid and, and uh, bought the program at 65, I fell for a deep, deep uh, funk, and I got ill, and I, my body fell apart. I, I, you know, I did all those things, but I, I said, I, I, this isn't the way I want to go down. I, I, so I had an epiphany, and it kind of said, well, how are you going to change? And I said, well, the only way I can change is if I touch other women's lives who are going through what I went through. And I found that most of the women had. And I went out and interviewed so many women. I just went on and on, and all the different women from all walks of life, they all still had something to offer, and they've been shut down by society. And I, I'm just, the book is there to open them up again and say, come on, let's go. Let's get on the dream team, and let's make our dreams come true and touch lives and change the vibes of this old world, you know, get rid of this virus, you know. That's exactly true. I can't wait for the vaccine to get distributed more. Oh, um, God. Tell me, tell me now, you talk in your book, there is two sides of fear. There is a negative side of fear and a positive side of fear. 
explain right. to me. Explain to me. Now, the negative side, I can, I mean, it's, it keeps you from doing things. But the positive side, explain those two to me. Well, uh, fear, I like fear for me in my world because uh, what happened with me is, uh, here it is. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, you know, Zig Ziglar has that great saying, fear right. has two meanings, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. So the choice is yours. So what happened to me is I noticed that every time I, w- I did something that I, I I was afraid of and had to succeed at doing in order to win it, fear was always there, saying, well, maybe you could try a little harder. You can read a little more. You can. It made me take stock of what I needed to do. It, it showed me that I wasn't ready. And so I, it was like a, one of the uh, team members said, you're not ready, you're not ready, do more, do more. And fear worked for me. I, I, I said, okay, I'm afraid, therefore I've got to learn something, I've got to do it. I've got to go for it. And uh, I, I, every time I'm afraid, like I was a little afraid about this interview, Jim. You know, I didn't know what oh. I was going <laughs> But you know what? I, I jumped in and fear said, okay, I did my preparation, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. But, but fear is a good thing. You know, and of course it's there to keep your foot out of the fire and all that and save the kid under the bridge or whatever it is. But fear itself is from our mind, and it's there to save us, to help us, to, to, to caution us, and that there's more to do or there's, you know. So it it has both sides. It's a, It has good and bad. But you've got to take it on your team. It's got to be on your team when, you, when you're going to do something new. If you're not have, afraid, then you're then you're not you're not learning anything. I have a friend whose motto is "fail, f a i l, first attempt in learning." You know, and that that's how he lives his life. Oh. But um, the uh, now let me ask you: You said you were eighty. What are your dreams yeah. now? To get to eighty-one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no I, I I'm thrilled at this number. I'm just so thrilled. Well, at eighty. I probably have more to do now than I've had in a long time because I've accepted the fact that life is not about how old you are. It's about how well you're living. How It's true. I mean, it's, if I had, they said, you got a week left, I'm not going to go sit on the couch and go over my memories. I'm going to get out and do something. But look, at I have a, if I make it to 81, I'm going to celebrate. It's a gift. Every Every year, it's a gift. You know, Marlo Thomas had this great quote. I gotta, I gotta put her quote in here. She's such a great lady and she, you know, she's written a thousand books, but she had this quote and I said, it's gotta go in my book. And it goes, they asked her, she says, my life? She says, it gets better all the time. What would be the point of getting older if you didn't get better in every way? Isn't that beautiful? Why are we getting older? Are we getting older to get older? I don't think that's what the Lord wanted. We're getting older to learn more, we're still here. We've got things to do and places to go. You don't sit around waiting to die. You sit around and you you will. Get off the couch, get out the front door, and live your life. It's a blessing. It's a gift. And we are lucky to be alive, and we're going to get through this thing, this virus, and we're going to be brand new. We're going to be reactivated and regenerated, and the bad guys are going to leave the planet, and we're going to be okay. I just have a feeling. What do you think, Jim? Oh, I believe so. I think that if when you sit, you rust. You know, you and you know that's my belief, and that's why I, at fifty age fifty nine, I started a podcast. You know, <laughs> look what you did. Look at the people. I love your interviews. They're so good. They're so wonderful. 
Brown noser. Okay. <laughs> oh, I really love the one on Joy Bishop, but let's we'll talk later about that one. I okay. love that one. Okay. But let me ask you that. With now, you you made the decision previously. We would say yeah. late in life. Late in life, yeah. you were sixty-five, and yeah. and when you were seventy-one, you you ran into some medical issues, oh, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so but. What you decided to do was change your whole life around. How big of a how big of a challenge was that for you at that time? Well, I guess you could say it was life or death because I I was uh, I fell I had just been to India and I had been studying with the great masters and I knew all these things and did all this and figured wow I'm headed toward enlightenment but that wasn't the case. I had more lessons to learn and when I got back. And I was older, I fell into a funk and my body started to disintegrate. I had to have two knee replacements, a hip replacement. I had a nine and a half hour jaw operation. I had a pacemaker. And I'm thinking, what is going on? My body had given up. But what had happened is my body had been programmed just like my mind. I was 65 and I was on my way out. I was on my way down. The number was running my life. And it took me till I was about 71. I stayed in a funk for a long time. I hid behind my age. I, I used uh, my, my illnesses to not go places, to not do things. I, you know, I stayed in my backyard and planted roses that I hated. And I had two cats that were too fat. I just, <laughs> my life was gone. You know, I was like, I had bought, I bought the program, Jim, of getting older. And I didn't like that word older. So anyway, I meditate every morning, and I pray for all kinds of things, but sometimes the Lord has different um, tests for us. So one morning, I'm having a meditation, and I'm saying, you know, boy, I don't know what's going to happen with me. And, and it was like, well, you have now a knowledge of what most women are going through. You know, you had a career and all that, but you're still at the age where women give up. They've been told, this is it, you're through. And I had to go through that because I might not have gone through it, if I hadn't been tested, and I felt maybe it's some kind of a test. Now I can talk to women. I've been on both sides of the coin. I've been successful, and I've been down in that funk where I didn't think I would make it. And I think this is where women go once they give up, once they reach a number and they think, oh, my God, I guess I'm out. The doors are shutting in my face. I'm too old for this. I can't go there. They don't. They want the younger generation. Step aside. And I said, no, we got to do something. And what we need is a platform that takes every older woman to become a bolder woman, look at her dreams, bring them to life, activate them, and live them and share them. And I think we can change the vibration for the older woman, and we need that platform. So I'm going to try and start a grassroots, one lady at a time, one dream at a time, and see how many lives that they can touch with their dreams. And some of the dreams are just magical, Jim, the things they want to do. And they don't have to be save the planet. It could be writing a poem or a song or a recipe, something that activates their five senses and brings them to life again. Because you can't go downhill. You've got to, life is an uphill struggle. You've got to go to the top. That's where we're headed. We're not going down, we're going up. Exactly. You know, and you're doing this podcast. Here you are at 59, and you're do, you're touching lives, Jim. You're touching lives. You're 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 making people share their life. This is what I want to do. I want well, the women to you. share their dreams. 
Yeah. So do you have a dream? This uh, do is I, a dream. It's become my dream. Yeah, I didn't realize it at the time, but it is. In the Go ahead. I, was, I didn't realize it at the time. It was just, well, we'll talk about this after we're done with the interview. <laughs> so well, listen, you're in my dream right now, Jim. You're in my oh. dream. And whoever's listening to me now and you, they're in my dream. I manifested it from nothing. It was nothing there. And I activated it and brought it up, and I wanted to touch lives. I had to do it through writing, which is something I never thought I would do. But I had some good advice, some good teachers. But I did it. And the Lord picked the way that I did it, but I, I'm here. I'm on the phone with you. And, I, I, you know, last year you'd tell me I was doing this. I'd say, you're crazy. So, you know, we just have to trust that trust that inner voice that says, you can do this. You can do it. Get up. Get out. Go. Do it. Well, Janine, it has been a pleasure talking to you tonight. I really appreciate you taking time to come on come on the Juno Files. I love it, Jim. I hope I come back with my second book. That's what, that's I'm hoping you do. Yeah, and uh, I want you back. And for everybody you won't out come there, back till I'm 81. Okay. <laughs> everybody out there, Janine Riley's new book is The Bolder Woman. It's about time, and you can find out more about it at her website. JanineRiley.com. Until next time, I'm Jim Juno, and this has been The Juno Files.